get the rain the same as you. It's absolutely pouring down here. Uh, we need it, mine, because it's been muggy. Have you been watching the snooker? No, I haven't, made. I, I did watch an interview with Ronnie O'Sullivan yesterday, like where he was uh, having a pop at all the young players coming through, saying that they weren't very good. Is that what he said? He just said um, the standard of players that are coming through now. He says the back back in the day when I broke through, he says they wouldn't have made amateur level now. Well, I don't know. There's some good young players, you know. Uh, there's a couple of good Geordie lads. Um, Elliot Slesser is quite good. Um, and there's another kid, Gary. Oh, can't remember. Can't remember his name. He got the quarterfinals last year. But there's there's a few good Geordies coming through, which is good, you know. I've got my eye on a ginger nut. He's from Ireland. He's, he's a good player. Aye, I enjoyed it back in the day when it was more. I don't know if there was a lot more bigger names, wasn't there? You know, like your your, your Cliff Thorburns and your Dennis Taylors and your you know your Alex Higgins and those kind of players. Alex Higgins, the Arakan. He was a proper legend, money. Who is the one that used to have to drink eight pints of lager before he got going? Is that Cliff? No, no, not Cliff Lager. I didn't go. There was... Big uh, fat geezer. Oh, there was a few, like, there was a few, wasn't there? I'm just trying to think of... Um, there was Cliff Thorburn, like, the pint. He was... was he, Jimmy White. There was Jimmy White, aye. Well, he liked, he liked a bit of white and a bit of, a bit of drink. Yeah, no, he did. Fucking hell, yeah, he did, didn't he? He did, aye. But he was, he was class. Um, but he never really, he never really did it. He was like, everybody was willing Jimmy White to win, weren't they? And then he, and then he, he was... He was the great champion that never was. That's the way, that's it, aye. Because he always got to the final of things and always got beat, yeah. didn't he? But great player, though. That final, I remember sitting up late at night watching Dennis Taylor against Steve Davis. I mean, it went on till about one o'clock in the morning and uh, Dennis Taylor beat him. It was great. Hey, I tell you what, Alex threatened to kill him, didn't he? He did, aye. Yeah, I mean, he had his battle with drink as well. He was like the... Oh, he was a pisshead, wasn't he? He was like the George Bestest, George Bestest snooker, wasn't he? But what a player. Oh, he was tremendous, mate. I mean, that's what made, that, that's what made snooker really interesting, you know? Yeah, there was a lot, you, you are right there, you know, there was a lot of characters then. Yeah, it's what made sport, mate. I mean, when you look at football, really, you know, characters, Gaza was a character, you know what I mean? Vinnie Jones is a character. You know what I mean? You've got all of these, you know, all of these... Do you remember the, the, the blonde snooker player from Leeds who died of cancer quite young? Oh, yeah, that, no, his name... Do you remember him? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was a fantastic player, you know, and all of a sudden... He, he used to have long blonde hair, and all of a sudden he was playing with no hair, and it was it was because of his uh, cancer. Ah, uh, tragic, mate! Absolutely he was tragic. A great little play, you know. Hits anybody at any time, doesn't it? That's the problem. Like it does. Are you talking from home now? I am, mate. I'm just doing some work on the computer. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm managing to get about an hour and a half, an hour and a half done each, each time on uh, Paul Massey's book. Because I had oh, two. You're starting on it now. Well, I had two weeks off. I'd, I'd started on a prior to like having the two weeks off with the family, but um, I'm just sitting in front of the computer now. I doing a little bit of work. I'm doing his. I did his running for mayor yesterday, which I'm happy with. Kelly's daughter's busy. She's busy. She's getting some stuff from like his early days. Um. And we're just putting you've it together, my, yeah. My, you've got my blessing if you want to put that. He, he was buried with one of my cats. Yeah, your bits in your bits in there. Um, your bits in there as well at the start. Your intro. You you've done the forward of the book. It's fantastic. What well, I done it, did I? You did it, I because this book's apparently been going on for for years. You know, uh, for the last couple of years. I remember and, doing that. But you, listen to this. I first met him in Full Sutton Jail. 
and I think it was about 88, 89 time. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, I'm just trying to... an absolute legend, he was. I'm just trying to drag it up now, Charlie, see if I can find it while you're on the phone, because it's not... A, it's, not it's, it's it's quite a... It's quite in-depth, actually. Um, yeah, no, I like Paul. I'm not going to say I was his best ever mate, but it, 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 there was something about him. He was just a special person, and he knew how to stop trouble, you know? Well, that's it. He was a peacemaker, wasn't he? Yeah, I've seen him in the gym once. So, yeah, yeah. There was a couple of mank lads fucking about to have it off, and he, he, he not stopped it, but he, he said, come on, boys, come on. My friend Paul, is, is, it starts like this. It was 20 years ago. I was con- It was 20 years ago, and I was contacted by Mirage Publishers, the company that published my book, Legends. Legends is a book about Britain's criminal fraternity. I chose a legend from all four corners of our little island, England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. I wanted to do a chapter about each respective villain on their turf. For England, I could have been tempted to have chosen a top London villain, a Geordie Heavy or a Liverpool mobster, but I decided to choose Paul Massey, the Salford Manchester legendary chap, and I must say he did my book proud and all the monks proud. Paul and I go back 30 years or so. Um, change pages, two seconds, two seconds, two seconds. We met uh, first at Her Majesty's Pleasure on the maximum security wing at Full Sutton Prison. It was, it was Alan Byrne, a good friend of us both, that introduced us. A good friend of us both introduced, uh, who introduced us. Alan the poor sod had, had copped a life sentence over a blag where a security guard had gotten his head blown off. Yeah. It was, however, a blag that Alan had never done, but I'm afraid is another story. Prisons full of magical and heartbreaking stories. Anyway, I digress. I was in the gym pumping some weights with Paul when another con walked over and picked up our dumbbells and went to walk off. Okay, cunt, bring him back, I shouted. It was very fortunate for him that he did because I was about to chase him with a 20 kilo weight to smash in his skull. <laughs> Later in the changing room, the same idiot pulled, a tool, pulled out a tool and stuck it under another con's neck. Paul calmly walked with his Mancunian swagger and, and whispered something in his ear. Now, to say this day, I don't have the slightest clue as to what was said, but calmly and slowly, the guy handed over the tool. Let me tell you, it takes a very special kind of person to be able to do that and command the respect he did. Paul took the tool and disposed of it. That day taught me something about Paul, calmly with his Mancunian swagger. Uh, No, taught me something about Paul. Um, Now, to this day, I don't have the slightest clue as to what was said, but calmly and slowly, the guy handed over the tool. Let me tell you, it takes a very special person to be able to do that and command the respect he did. Paul took the tool and disposed of it. That day taught me something about Paul. One, he was a leader of men. Two, he was a respected man. And three, he actually tried to help people. All of those things make a very rare breed of man indeed. Paul was fearless in life, living to a strict code of honour, and he died a man. To me, Paul Massey was everything a villain should be. A fair but hard man who could be ruthless when he needed to be. In all honesty, he helped more people than he ever hated. I love him, a loving man with a big heart. He made a nice few quid and he lived well. He left this world a man of respect. I was privileged to have spent some quality time with him and my memories are all good. I feel humbled to have been informed that my card had been put in the coffin with him. Yeah, that's to, right, it to, was. to me, that, that was the ultimate gift of life and it taught me a lot about friendships. His family are all diamonds and wonderful people and sadly they, are, they all lost a great man, a true legend. The two vermin, Fellows and Boyle, who cowardly took Paul's life could never be legends, never in their miserable lives. The scum of this planet could never be legends. They are a disgrace to Salford and Manchester criminal fraternity and they should hang their heads in shame. Always yeah. remember that the top gangsters in the history of crime, most of whom were taken out with stealth, they were crept up on and done in the back and I'm afraid that is a fact of life. 
When Paul's daughter and Steve asked me to write a forward for a book about Paul's life through the stories of others, I was very humbled and proud. And in all honesty, I could have written a lot more about the enigma that was Paul Massey. But sometimes in life, some things are best, best left to the imagination. My final word to Paul Massey is, I miss you, mate. You're never forgotten. Charlie Salvador, HMP Woodhill Prison, July 2020. So that's good, isn't it? That is brilliant. Yeah, I don't even remember doing that. You did it. You must have done it last year. Um, I think you must have done it for young Jack Gregory, who was originally doing the book. But I've, I've, I've reauthorized it, Charlie. I've. Um, um, I'm impressed with that. I've reauthorized it so um, it, it's modernized it a bit more and makes it sound a bit more presentable. Yeah. And you want to get some good photos of his funeral and all, you know, because apparently it was a big one, wasn't it? Yeah, I've got a few of them, mate. It's um, I mean, the book's going to be more of a tribute. It's not gonna, it's not gonna dwell on the whole. Um, it's not gonna dwell on the whole, you know, issues around it, the politics. We'll leave that to Bernard O'Mahony, who is bringing a book out, much to the annoyance of the family, like you know. Yeah. Okay now. I know, mad. Madness, mate. What's, what's your week been like? Have you had a good one? Up and down. Yeah. Boxing it clever. Did you get the uh, Sunday Star with fish and chips? Yeah, that was great, mate. Fish gate. It made it. Hey, I actually fucking beat them at their own fucking game there. That was a victory, that, you know. It was, but like I said to you, you did it in the right way, Charlie. You know what I mean? And, and listen to this. Go on. I don't know how true this is. I know one thing is true. I was the only man that had fish and chips that day. Out, right? of, out of 900 people or so? Out of 900 people. Because all the other fucking prats, they went along with the menu, you with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. I said, stick your fucking menu up your ass, I'm having fish. Anyway, I got told, unofficially, they sent out for them fish and chips for me. Ah, oh, brilliant. Proper fish and chips. And it was probably one of the best fish and chips and mushy peas I've had in decades. Wow. Uh, Honestly, it was absolute fucking beautiful. You kind of beat proper fish and chips, Charlie. I smothered it in salt and vinegar. Yeah. I smothered it in tomato ketchup. I made a beautiful cup of tea with it, with a spoon of honey in my tea. And I sat there, right... Yeah. Eating that with the biggest fucking smile on my face I've had for years. <laughs> that was a victory. Oh, and I made four sandwiches. Fantastic. Good that stuff. Was a, that is what you call a prison victory. You're living like... using aggression and violence. Yeah, living like a king there, Charlie. With that. I just put it on them. I said, hey, hold up a minute. Because I spoke to me solicitor. I said, hold up a minute. I says, never mind the fucking Islamic faith. Yeah. What about the Christianity faith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a Christian. I'm, a, I'm an Englishman. Fish and chips isn't just fish and chips on a Friday. It's tradition. It's, it, it's Christianity. Exactly, mate. Exactly. I knew I was right, mate. 